What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes. Happy TDH Tuesday, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Today, we are going to talk about body image. We started to talk a little bit about this in our dance episode. And so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to get a little preliminary background. But yeah, I think this is going to be a really good episode. I think that body image and body positivity is something that's really showing up in like social media and things like that. So it's a good thing to talk about. Definitely. And uh, before we get into the episode, uh, (laughs) as seltzer enthusiasts here, uh, me and Kylie are, I'm sure you guys are too, because how can you not be? True. Um, I got a new seltzer and I wanted to live taste test it for you guys. So it's the Waterloo Sparkling Water. I'm sure you guys have seen it. I feel like it's the, it's like the seltzer brand that I see everyone on the West Coast drinking weirdly. Like all the California people that I follow are always drinking Waterloo and I've always been so intrigued because the cans are really cute and people make like mixed drinks with them and stuff. So they must be really good, but I've never seen them anywhere. But pro tip, if you live in New England, I saw them at Target. So they had watermelon and blackberry and like maybe one other flavor so anyway here goes let's get the nice open asmr yeah there it nice. is all right so this is the watermelon one if i didn't say that okay ready okay it's good but i feel like it's not leaps and bounds better than the La- Lacroix. interesting i feel like this one almost has more of like a sour patch watermelon taste and the Lacroix has more of like a real watermelon taste I wouldn't be mad at that. Sour Patch Watermelons are my favorite candy. No, it's good. I mean, I like watermelon seltzer a lot, so I'm glad I have seven more of these to go through, but... Sure, sure. Where did you get them? Did you say where you got them? Target. Interesting. I, I will have to hit up my local Target to try them out myself. Do they have other flavors or just watermelon? <laughs> did you miss my whole my whole sentence? Did you say that already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll just have to listen back with everyone else, Kylie. File not found in my brain. It literally went, whoop. I was just so excited to hear the review. (laughs) All right, I'll listen to the episode and find out. (laughs) Let's get into the segments now. Okay, so for my weekend review... I just thought I would touch on a little experience that I had that really made me feel like I was uh, a real adult for the first time, I guess. So I went to the doctors, <clears throat> not um, anything serious or anything. I just I, had, I got a new PCP with my insurance through work and then I ended up having a really sore throat. So I went to see him like on an emergency thing because he didn't have any of my files or anything. So he was kind of taking me like to be nice. Like he didn't, I don't know, whatever. So I was meeting this doctor for the first time, but he's kind of like the town doctor, like weirdly, like everyone in my town goes to him. Like my parents go to him. My boyfriend goes to him. So he like knows everyone that I know. He just never met me before. And he was like, oh, what do you like to do? And I was like, "Uh," because I feel like in the past I I had like a script, you know, like I would be like, oh, you know, I'm a competitive dancer. Like that takes up like all my time. But like I also, you know, I study environmental studies because I'm really passionate about the environment, whatever. But it's like now I'm like, well, I don't really dance actively right now and like I'm not a student anymore so like 
what do I like to do? So like, I, I had to like, think about it. I was like, um, I, I mean, I have a podcast, like, um, I, I embroider a little bit, like, I don't know. So kind of made me sad that I didn't have like a solid answer for what I like to do these days. But I guess I'm going to make that a goal for fall, like to really solidify my new uh, post-grad hobbies <laughs> and like navigating my answer as an adult to that question. <laughs> I had a like similar experience back when I first started law school classes. We had to do like a discussion post for one of my classes. And, it, you know, we said a few things about ourselves with one of them is like, what are you going to do in your free time when you're not, you know, reading and focusing on law school? And I literally was like, I just don't know. Like, I'm, I do not know what I'm going yeah. to do in my free time. Thank you for asking me. I couldn't even tell you what I said for an answer. And especially now being full swing in, I'm like, what I do when I'm not doing homework is sleep. Yeah. Or, like, watch mindless. I've started watching, like, mindless rom-coms on Netflix because I'm like, I need something so, like, polar opposite of using my brain. But, yeah. So, I I feel like I also should solidify a a grad school hobby so I have something a de-stressor to go to when I need a break yeah and I'm like I don't think my dance career is like over but I just think with like the circumstances right now it's not really easy to continue so I'm like yeah I don't I don't know yeah in the interim what a we gotta find hobbies but so for my kind of weekend review I feel like I'm gonna sound a little lame with this but it's just the truth I made law school friends. Now you're probably like, Kylie, what do you mean? Like, you've been in law school for weeks now. You just made friends. The answer is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did just make friends. So having to make friends on Zoom is borderline impossible because mm-hmm. you're just left with, like, their little squares and you have to kind of just scroll through and be like, who looks semi-normal? Like, I don't know. Who am I going to go out on a limb and, like, DM on Instagram to be like, I saw you on Zoom, like, want to be friends? <laughs> so thankfully, I got added to a group chat. I think there's like 20-something girls in this group chat that we all just found each other on Instagram and started this so that we had like a resource to reach out to for little things. And we had a quiz coming up in one of our classes and I just like put in there like, oh, I'm planning on studying at like this time on Monday. If anyone wants to like do a Zoom and study together, I think that'd be great. Few girls responded, ended up having this Zoom with three other girls and we just got along so well. So afterwards we made a little group chat and now I'm like, are you guys my friends? Like, I think we're friends. (laughs) I'm sure they feel the same way. Oh, that's what we talked about. That's why we ended up clicking because we just like automatically were like, so are you guys making friends? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, yeah, none of us are making friends. That's great. (laughs) And like I started this group chat because I texted them and I was like, I'm just so relieved to have talked to people that like feel the same way. Because I'll admit the first couple of weeks were really lonely. Yeah. Like I obviously had like I had you. I texted you about things happening. I had my friends from Assumption. But like you guys can empathize, but you don't get it because you're not there to, like, mm-hmm. see what happens in class or see what happens in our readings or things like that. So I just felt really lonely because I was like, I feel like no one gets it and I have no one to, like, go to that, like, understands the stress that I'm under. So having them to now go to and just, like, complain about contracts with is just so relieving and see that the fact that I feel so disoriented is at least normal among the four of us. Like, we're all in it together. With it being on Zoom, it obviously makes it harder to meet people. But I'm hopeful, I guess, that, like, because it's so hard to make a genuine connection virtually, if we are able to, like, make a genuine connection, it must be strong, if that makes sense. Um, 
But so far, they're so nice. Like I said, we're on the same page and like we're able to joke with one another. And so I'm like, I feel like it's a good start because it's just so hard to break that wall virtually that I'm like, yeah, excellent. And I'm hopeful that, you know, it'll be a solid friendship throughout the years. I'm open to anything. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about work to an extent because like my my team for my job is pretty small. But if you guys remember, I work at like an incubator space basically. So there's a lot of other people to be meeting and like seeing on Slack and like all these things. Um, and there's this one girl that's like on a very like, uh, I guess adjacent team to me. And I feel like she seems really cool. And we've like been on zoom calls talking about like work stuff. Like, and I just feel like, I'm like, I, I feel like we vibe. Cause like she went to my school. She's also from New Hampshire. Like, I'm like, I feel like mm, if we were in person, like we would be friends by now, but like, I can't, it's weird for me to like keep slacking you for no reason. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, at this point, life is just so weird that I'm like, if you're judging someone for like trying to like make friends and be friendly like in this virtual world that most of us are living in like I don't know I've kind of had the mindset of like you're the problem if you're judging people for just trying to like be nice and establish connections in this time all right let's jump into our favorites So my favorite for this week is another artist. And let me know if you guys enjoy the fact that like 90% of my favorites are music related or not. I mean, I can be more creative, but I just like it's the only like consistently new thing I'm discovering. So (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Um, But my favorite for this week is Maggie Rogers. Um, So I've always liked her. Like I've always heard Alaska and um, what's her other one? Light on, light on. And like I've I've heard Love You for a long time and stuff, but I only recently like got into her as a person. Like I learned more about her and the fact that she's from Maryland and was like raised as like a banjo player and like her music is uh inspired by a combination of her childhood and her time spent abroad in Paris going to like clubs. So it's like a really interesting combination of like country folksy vibes and then like electronic dance vibes and so yeah highly recommend um she was also on obama's playlist and then played at the democratic national convention so a queen <laughs> a queen i live for when obama releases his playlist and his like book yes list. i'm like my king and um, uh she's really good like fall vibes i'm all about like okay. i'm all about making a playlist for the season so big maggie rogers oh, yeah. vibes on this one Okay, I'll have to I'll have to look into it. I just got a nice fall scented candle, so I'll have to light that and listen to some Maggie Rogers and really get in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, who's gonna be surprised about this? For those of you that don't know, I'm obsessed with my iPad, and I feel like 50% of my favorites at this point have <laughs> been related to my iPad. But it's the best, and I use it literally every day. So I have adopted a note taking system on my iPad for my law school classes. So I've always preferred handwritten notes um, as opposed to typing. And I know there's a lot of studies backing up that you retain information better when you write it down as opposed to typing it. And, you know, it it's worked for me thus far. So if it's not broken, I'm not going to try to fix it. We're going to keep going with it. But I do like the idea of like having everything digitally stored, both from like a saving paper standpoint, but I also do think it is more convenient to have things digitally stored and have it all in one place. So with that being said, I downloaded the app GoodNotes to my iPad, which is just like a virtual notebook system, essentially. Mm -hmm. It is like, I think it's $8, 
But in my mind, I'm like, that's $8 for all of my notebooks for all of law school. And like, you spend $8 on like one semester's worth of notebooks. Actually, probably worth more. The splurge. Yeah. The splurge of $8. <laughs> the splurge of $8. $8 is a splurge for me. I overthink all my purchases. So when I actually take the take the dive and spend money on something that could have been free, you know it's good. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I have everything separated into their own notebooks. You can upload PDFs into it. So like I have a separate notebook for my criminal law readings that I just upload onto there and then I can highlight and write in the margins without having to like print it and my printer's old so it literally wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, I, I think if you're a student and you like uh, handwriting your notes but you also like the convenience of digital notes, definitely look into it. I would say will do, but I don't really know that I have a use case right now. <laughs> sure, but sure. I appreciate I, that you're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, for my students out there, not for not for my my working women out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people like h- taking hand notes like during meetings and stuff. I guess, but I feel like you don't need a whole notebook system. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Probably. You can probably just find a notepad. <laughs> yeah. Um, No, but actually slide into the suggestion box DMs if I'm talking about music too much. I won't be offended and it'll be anonymous. So yeah, I guess same with my iPad, but I really can't guarantee that it's going to (laughs) stop. Okay, let's shift to the main episode content of body image. So before really diving into the topic, we thought it was appropriate to give a trigger warning Um, We're not going to be talking about anything eating disorder related, but we will be talking about food and calories and exercise and habits along those lines. So if that's triggering to you, we won't be offended. Please pause now, click out, swipe up the Spotify. Yeah, (laughs) get out of here. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Um, Also, because we are talking about things like food and diet, um, I think we should point out that we're obviously not nutritionists or experts in any ways. So don't take our advice at 100% value. Like this is just based off of our own experiences and what have has worked for us. And I think it's important to assess what works for you and talk to your doctor if necessary um, to figure out kind of what what the best route is for yourself. But so to get into kind of the the main topic, I guess we can give a little bit of a background on just kind of where we started when it comes to all things body image. Uh, So like I said at the beginning of the episode, I alluded in our dance episode to a lot of my body issues. I've honestly, the youngest memory that I have of like body issues is when I was around 12 years old, I told the story about how we tried on these leotard costumes. And I just remember looking in the mirror and thinking like, I have the biggest legs I've literally ever seen in my life. I was 12. So that's no good. Um, So I was just always very aware that I was bigger than everyone else. And in hindsight, dancers are stick thin or stereotypical dancers are stick thin. And unfortunately, when you walk into a dance studio, nine out of 10 times, the majority of the girls will be very skinny to no fault of their own. And I just wasn't like that. So I feel like it was really altering to my body image to always be the biggest in the room, or at least I always felt like I was the biggest in the room. So because of this, when I became a teenager, I definitely was what has been coined a yo-yo dieter in the sense of I would go through periods where I was just feeling really low about my body and I wanted to lose weight. And so I would restrict my calories to like 1500 a day, track them on my fitness pal. And then a few weeks later, I would cave because I was dancing upwards of like 20 hours a week and 1500 calories is not enough to 
suffice that. But when I caved, I would obviously just eat like anything in sight. Like if it wasn't nailed down, I would eat it. So that isn't, number one, it isn't good mentally. Number two, there's studies that show it isn't good physically that like actually yo-yo dieting is almost worse than just like Mm -hmm. eating unhealthy for long periods of time. Consistently, yeah, because at least you're consistent. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Which is something I did not learn until literally like three months ago. And I was like, oh, good thing I stopped that. Um, So yeah, I would say all through high school, I never really felt comfortable in my own skin. I always just noticed who I was bigger than, if that makes sense. Like I would just always notice the like skinnier person than me and think like I would like I would do anything to look like them. Um, And I for sure demonized food because of that. And I envied anyone who didn't have to think about food. Like I feel like I knew so many people who would like eat an entire bag of Doritos for dinner and like lose weight. (laughs) And meanwhile, I would think about eating one Dorito and gain five pounds. I was a very picky eater. So I definitely was not eating healthy by any means. Um, You know, I just wanted to freaking eat Doritos all the time, which I realize isn't good. But it was just a, a struggle of, I don't like how my body looks, but I also don't like a lot of foods. But I also want to eat healthy, but I also want to eat whatever I want and just all of that teenage stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's such a, like common struggle like all those four things that you just mentioned that you're like bouncing between I feel like that's so normal and I can agree and I'm gonna like stray a little bit from our script here because I wrote that and I said in my our dance episode that uh, I felt like most of my kind of like quote body dysmorphia type of issues came after high school uh, but now that I'm like really reflecting on it I feel like I had some body issues earlier than that but it wasn't for like wanting to be thin it was like for wanting to look womanly more so mm-hmm. like I I've always had like a very um like boxy build I guess <laughs> um like broad shoulders no curves type vibe which is fine like I'm I don't mind it now but like at the time when like girls were getting boobs and I wasn't and they were getting hips and I wasn't I was like wow cool I'm like a little boy um so I guess that was like <laughs> the first thing I can remember um but as far as like actual memories that I have a better sense for now um was body issues coming after high school when I started to look different for the first time when Kylie and I weren't dancing um competitively anymore and it was really it was interesting to like shift away from that world because uh that summer following our senior year of high school I ended up following a ton of vegan youtubers and that was in like the really toxic like vegan youtube phase like 2016 you know if you're familiar, raw till four, like those vibes. Um, and I followed like Bonnie, Rebecca, Ellen Fisher, like all of the big names. And it's funny because a lot of them aren't vegan anymore yeah, because they like did it to that extreme and like really burnt themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of at like a, fa- a fad diet situation with that. You know, when I first graduated and even now, I find it really hard to find something active that I enjoy as much as I do dance. So uh, we'll kind of revisit that later in the episode, but I still feel like now I still haven't found that one like exercise thing that just is as fulfilling as dance was for me. Um, But I did settle on vegetarianism and I feel like that's a good uh, transition into Kylie's next story time. Yes. So for me, I feel like it's funny because I feel like once I like we flip-flopped almost like in high school I was so uncomfortable with my body and then like you kind of went through that phase in college when I started Mm -hmm. to like it just kind of goes to show that you know everyone's on their own path and everyone 
has these feelings, but I digress. So I would say my relationship specifically with food took a drastic turn for the better when I went vegetarian. I went vegetarian my first day of sophomore year in college. And I remember because I told myself when I move in sophomore year, I'm going to try vegetarianism. And so it was the f- genuinely the first time in my whole life, I think, that I made a diet change that didn't have anything to do with my weight. Like I had, I never even thought about, oh, if I go vegetarian, I'm going to lose weight. When I made that decision, it was just entirely based on, and I know you're going to kind of get into it. You and I had talked about vegetarianism and the ethical values in it, the environmental impact in it, like the the good that could come out of it. I think that was really, really important for me to see that like food can be more than just like a determining factor of my weight, if that makes sense. Um, and it also, it forced me to try new foods. When I tell you, if you told high school me my favorite foods now, she would be like gagging. She'd be like, no, sir, not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that TikTok? No, sir, not me. Wrong bitch. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm talking about? Me? Wrong bitch. Yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong bitch. That's literally what I would be like. So yeah, so I like honestly credit a lot of my like positive journey with food to going vegetarian. Yeah, and it's funny because I I thought this was in 2016, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong and it was summer 2017. But I yeah. went vegetarian in June of 2016. And I remember mm-hmm. like being at the beach with you either that year or the year following. And you were just like asking me why I was vegetarian. And I was like, oh yes, like I have the whole script ready. Like I had done so much research <laughs> on all the reasons and like you said, it's you're not even thinking about yourself or your weight. I mean, if if you're benefiting from it, then that's great. If you're eating healthier than you were before, that's great. But like when you have this purpose beyond just you, it helps you like kind of, I guess, distance yourself a little bit um, yeah. and like think of the bigger picture of like food ethics and the food system and all these things. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So I agree. It made me way less picky just because you don't have the same options as you do with a regular diet. Like you go to a restaurant and like if all they have is like eggplant parm on the menu, like you're going to have to like eggplant that day. Like, sorry about it. True. Um, and I just want to say like, we're not pushing vegetarianism whatsoever in this episode. Um, it's just kind of like how our body image journey has gone, but whatever helps you improve your relationship with food is super valuable to discover Mm -hmm. and takes more trial and error than anything. So if you're going to try, maybe you tried being vegetarian, it didn't work for you. Maybe you tried being vegan, it didn't work for you. Maybe you tried keto and didn't work for you. Maybe what works for you is just like eating whatever the heck you want. That's cool too. Um, but I think we're just like being honest about what's working for us. Um, yeah. but I don't want you guys to feel like we're like shaming anybody that eats meat or anything. Cause that's like not the case at all. Yeah. And I didn't include this, but I do want to say as like a quick disclaimer that I think we also understand that vegetarianism isn't even necessarily attainable for mm-hmm. everyone or vegetarianism and vegan and veganism. So we're not trying to say like anyone can do it to your point. So yeah, so since I went vegetarian, and I would say especially since the start of quarantine, I don't know what got into me. But I just started to become a lot more in tune with my body and following a more intuitive eating lifestyle, which I would say that once I went vegetarian, I did unknowingly start to eat a bit more intuitively. But I definitely was still kind of finding myself trapped in like, calorie counting and things like that. Um, so since the start of quarantine, I will talk about some of the resources that I recommend, but I really started to delve into most of them at the start of quarantine and just realized that like, like I said, at the end of the day, diets don't work 99% of the time. And I won't, you know, talk about 
statistics and whatnot because I'm not an expert, but I highly encourage you to research on your own how ineffective diets are because there's a lot out there that proves that. The diet industry as a whole is really just there to make you feel bad about yourself. Like it literally feeds off your insecurities in order to profit off of you when you think about it. And so just don't give in to that. That's stupid if you ask me. Like if you just allow yourself to eat what you want, it eliminates this feeling of guilt around food and shame around food because you're just eating what sounds good to you. I don't know. I am definitely oversimplifying it. Don't get me wrong. But kind of just like learning to change that like voice in your head that tells you like this is a bad food and this is a good food. Like if it's a food you want and a food that you're craving, it's probably a good food. Like just eat it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you just let yourself eat the cookie that you want to eat, it'll stop you from eating six of them a few hours or a few days from now because you just didn't honor your hunger and your craving, if that makes sense. Um, And I do want to say that I have never struggled with any sort of eating disorder. Keep that in mind. I know that intuitive eating is not the best way to go about recovering from an eating disorder. So kind of take what I say with a grain of salt. If you're someone who doesn't have an eating disorder per se, but just wants to improve their relationship with food, I think intuitive eating could be a really great place to start, but definitely don't use it as a recovery tool and seek um, the help of a dietitian or a medical professional when it comes to that because I know there's more um, effective and healthy ways of going about that. I definitely agree with all the intuitive eating stuff. I feel like to your point of like feeling healthier when you came back from college, I think college like, you know, you have all these fun nights out that like you wouldn't trade for the world, but like you can't help but like grab that midnight slice of pizza that like you really didn't want. And then you kind of feel like crap after and like unhealthy habits are like really perpetuated in college which isn't a bad thing like you you're there for four years you have all the fun and like the memories are so worth it um so I'm not like shitting on that at all yeah um but I feel like I also kind of had like an interesting experience when I came back um during quarantine and lived at home again and I sort of had like a learning curve because I wasn't really cooking for myself as consistently as I had been for the last four years you know like I obviously cooked every meal for myself in college so like coming back and like not really being as in control of like the meal that was going to be served was um, kind of a learning curve, especially because my parents never really lived with me as a vegetarian. I went vegetarian like the summer before I left for college. So um, it was kind of like learning how to, you know, eat with them, what meals they could make that I would still eat and all these things. Um, But now I've figured out a good balance of, you know, when I want to go to Trader Joe's and cook for myself and had the time to figure that out now. But I kind of agree, like you just like naturally eat healthier at home a little bit. And maybe it's just because, like, there's fruit and, like, veggies that, like, you wouldn't necessarily buy as a college student, things like that. Um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. No. Also, being home and especially, you know, given Miss Global Pandemic, I, like, really haven't been drinking a ton. Or at the very least, I haven't been drinking, you know, to get drunk and to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do that, that's when a midnight slice of pizza sounds especially good especially if we're walking in the middle of the night in Boston and we pass a crispy dough, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think I agree with you that there's like an inclination to eat healthier when you're at home. Um, but interestingly, I still cook for myself like all the time at home. I think because I'm vegetarian and my parents are like, what do I do with that? I'm like, I'll just worry about it. Like, (laughs) it's okay. I'll just, I'll cook for myself. It's fine. I cook for myself probably like 70% of the time at home, but like my mom's like 
I think my mom's love language is definitely like acts of service mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So sure. it's like important to her that she can do some of those things for me sometimes that now that I'm around and mm-hmm. I feel bad because it's like her repertoire of like vegetarian recipes is really not large, you know? So hey, um, she'll probably learn some more over time. So kind of pivoting into the more like exercise uh, side of things, this is where I don't have too much to say, mainly because I'm still a huge work in progress when it comes to exercising. Obviously, Anya and I danced all throughout our childhood up until we graduated college or yeah, I guess graduated college, graduated high school. Mm -hmm. That's when we were intensely dancing. And then we continued to dance in college. And so it was definitely our main form of exercise for like 20 years of our lives. Um, I also got really into like kickbox style workouts or like kickboxing workouts in my free time in college. I like to, you know, throw a few punches, a kick here and there around. Um, and I really want to try like an actual kickboxing class. Obviously, Miss Rona is uh, delaying that because I personally don't feel comfortable going to a gym right now and I just don't see it as necessary right now. But that's definitely something that I want to do in these three years because I just, it's a great way to get out some aggression, just throwing a few punches around. It's a great stress relief. But yeah, I would say that through college, uh, since I was dancing less and definitely like going out a lot, having junk food a lot, I struggled a little bit with feeling like I had to work out to like offset those bad foods like I was talking about. If I ate a piece of pizza, I thought, well, I'll just go to the gym tomorrow. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's advice that maybe comes from like the previous generation. You know, I've I've heard this thing that like, oh, you should weigh yourself every day. And if like that day you happen to weigh more than yesterday, you should just eat a salad for like one meal to like compensate for that day. I don't know if you've heard that advice, but I just feel yeah. like types of advice that are in like women's health magazines and some things like that. Like that's the type of advice they would give. Um, So I feel like whenever you hear, you know, needing to like offset the bad foods, you just have to like learn to take what you like and leave the rest when it comes to your own body. But I would agree. I, like I said earlier, don't really feel like I have a good exercise routine down, especially with like everything getting turned upside down during the pandemic. And like, this is the first time in a while that I haven't had exercise like ingrained into my routine Mm -hmm. um like living in boston you know i would walk like five miles a day without even realizing because i would have to walk like a mile and a half to campus and around campus and whatever it's been a challenging like navigating that but i'm not beating myself up for anything because we really are in a pandemic and like everyone's just trying their best with like all the changes that are going on so yeah no i think that's a really that's a good point we are in a pandemic so don't beat yourself up about any sort of working out like that should not be on your list of things (laughs) your list of priorities at this point um to kind of go back a little bit to your weight comment it's funny that you say that because I was telling someone the other day I haven't weighed myself in years I could not tell you how much I weigh I don't know because I'm the type of person where if I weigh myself and I don't like the number I'm gonna be like well I'll just eat a salad and I'll have you know vegetables and tofu and, and I'll just go down that rabbit hole and then five to seven days later I'll be right back to where I started and it's like why did I put myself through torture for a week yeah (laughs) you know what I mean I just personally I'm not necessarily advocating that you shouldn't weigh yourself but for me it becomes such a mental thing like I can't just look at the number and like be okay with it and I think that'll be no matter what the number is I think I'm just gonna be like that because I've been probably 30 pounds lighter than I am right now and felt that way and I just know that now I would feel that way and yeah so if it's if you know it's gonna hurt you 
you don't need to know, you know, you'll get weighed at your doctor's. My doctor doesn't tell me how much I weigh. And she lets me turn oh, really? around on the scale. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. When I went yeah. like last week, they told me, I was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> it's on like the report that they give. And I just, I make a purpose to not look at it. But yeah, if there's something wrong, your doctor will tell you. So I don't need, they're saying I'm fine. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about it. And like, kind of a tangent off that is I feel like there's kind of a movement now to like not think so much about the size of clothes that you're buying, which I feel like mm-hmm. has been a recent mindset change for me. Like in the past, I would always be so upset if I had to size up from a small, but now I just like literally don't care. Like I would rather get the large half the time because I'm really into that like oversized look now and everything. Yeah. So I just feel like that journey to like not care about what the tag happens to say kind of goes along with that too. And like full disclosure, I have pants in my drawers that are a size four. I have pants in my drawers that are a size 12. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They all fit me. So like, yeah, yeah, it's just not, it's not worth stressing over. Just get clothes that fit, that make you feel good. It doesn't matter what size they are. If they make you feel good, if they make you feel confident, then they're good clothes, if you ask me. But yeah, so just kind of to uh, wrap up exercising at this point in my life, and especially with the pandemic, I'm just kind of, if I feel like working out, in any sort of capacity, whether that's doing a full-fledged workout, going for a walk, whatever it may be. I just do it when it feels right and when it feels like it could be beneficial to me in the sense of like maybe I'm feeling a little stressed out or like a little like I'm in a funk and think that, you know, getting up and moving my body will help me feel better. That's where I'm at. Obviously, with law school, I have a lot less free time and I'm tired all of the time. (laughs) There's never a time that I'm not tired. So I don't want to force myself to work out and like have it be something that I end up resenting mm-hmm. in the end. Um, and I'd rather like focus on smaller goals. Like, you know, I'll try to walk between eight and 10,000 steps, you know, as many days as I can. Cause that's, you're still moving your body when you are walking and, you know, making that intention. So I think as long as you're moving your body a little bit, you're, you're doing good. Definitely. So let's shift into kind of the advice that we would have on this topic. Um, And I can start us out by saying that this is something we covered in I think our second episode. I think it was our hold the phone episode. Um, But my advice would be to just go through your social media and really think about how the people you're following are making you feel, whether it's conscious or, you know, subconscious. I feel like we really grew up in like the Fitzbo era, mm-hmm. you know, like the toxic Tumblr days. Um, and if that actually helps you to like use someone else's inspiration, power to you. But I know that that comparison is more damaging than anything else for me. So just trying to like clean up your feed and make sure that like social media isn't a place where you're like receiving those negative body image thoughts anymore um, is important. Yeah, for sure. And I think my biggest piece of advice is just to live your life. I, as I've kind of talked about in this episode, I've spent so much of my adult life consumed by the food I'm eating and thinking about the food I'm eating and how it's going to affect the way that my body works. And at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. Like it didn't make me any happier. Even if it made me skinnier, like I didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? Like it was just always Mm -hmm. a constant, a constant thing. And I think that the media kind of like what you were alluding to, it definitely perpetuates this idea that like skinny bodies are beautiful. And I think that I'm starting to see and I hope we continue to see a shift into the fact that like all bodies are beautiful no matter what and that skinny does not equate to healthy and it definitely doesn't equate to worthy or pretty or attractive in any 
way. Like, all bodies are beautiful in their own right, and as long as you are taking care of yourself, it doesn't matter what pant size you are. And a quote that was something like, even if every single person ate the same exact things and exercised the same exact amount, everybody would still look different. And I always remind myself of that because I feel like it's really easy to kind of put the way that you see yourself in the mirror like back onto yourself and say like, oh, I'm Mm -hmm. not eating healthy enough. I'm not working out hard enough. You know, she looks like this. Obviously, she is working really hard to look like that. Why can't I work that hard? Why can't I have that motivation? But like everyone is just naturally built so different. Like your literal skeleton is built so different than everyone (laughs) else's. So like it's just not practical to put those types of expectations on yourself because like your literal shoulders, like your bones might just be broader than hers. And like that's not something that's worth putting energy into because you can't change it. But, like, your broad shoulders might be beautiful. They might let you swim really well. They might let you, you know, climb mountains. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's just uh, everyone is built so different, regardless of the habits that you have. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then a little anecdote that I have that really did, like, alter my mindset a lot is a few months ago um, when I was still at Assumption, I was – I don't remember the exact circumstance, but I just remember I was looking at my body and I – kind of had a moment where I was like, I just feel like if I just lost 10 pounds, like 10 more pounds, and I just would feel a lot more comfortable in my skin, which is stupid. You don't need to lose any weight to be beautiful, but that's the point. Um, but basically, I was with a friend, and the friend responded to me saying, I was just telling someone the other day that I think you have the ideal body type. I don't think you need to change anything because I would love to have your body as is. And I remember that so distinctly because it's just such a exemplary reminder that like even though you may feel down about your body and you may have things that you want to change there is someone out there that thinks you look great just the way you are and there's probably someone out there that looks at your body and thinks god I wish I looked like that you know what I mean mm-hmm. like we all have people that we look at and think like oh, I wish I had a body like that and the fact of the matter is is you are probably someone like that for someone else Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And this just kind of perpetuated that idea of like, oh, wow, like there's someone out there that would actually want this. And here I am complaining about it in front of them. Like that's pretty, pretty messed up. I should probably like my body a bit more. Yeah. And I just feel like putting an emphasis on all the things your body can do for you is really helpful. Like I haven't really taken this into practice or anything, but I know a lot of people will like write down like, I'm grateful because my body can help me run. My body can help me go to the grocery store. Like thinking of all the things that your body does do to serve you and not just the things that you don't like about it. And like trying to talk to yourself like you would a friend. I think we said that in another episode that wasn't about body image, but it applies here too. Yeah, for sure. And then I would say my last biggest piece of advice is to check out the resources that we're going to mention. So that works as a great transition into our resources. (laughs) Um, So for me, one of my big um, role models in this kind of journey has been Carrie Dayton on YouTube. I know I've mentioned her before. I think she was one of my favorites in a past episode, but she's just so, like, she's the body positivity queen. She refers to herself as mid-sized, and she very much dedicates her channel to showing fashion and clothes and beauty on a like non-stereotypically beautiful body, if that makes sense. So she's one of the people that's kind of straying away from this idea of like, you know, you can only wear crop tops if you're skinny or blah, 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 whatever it may be. And she's the reason that I bought myself bike shorts because I always thought I would look 
ugly in bike shorts. And then I saw her in bike shorts and she looked damn good. And I bought myself bike shorts and now I'm obsessed. I just looked her up while you were talking. So I was curious if I knew who she was, but I don't think I've seen her. So I need to follow her. Yeah. I love her content. It's so good. My wreck on YouTube and also Instagram is Karis Whitaker. It's like the most British name ever. Um, Karis Whitaker. Um, But I think she's busy be Karis on YouTube. And I follow her mainly for her like her home remodeling content. Like she has like a vlogging channel and she's married and she does all these things. But she also really heavily emphasizes body image, especially on her Instagram. Um, And she does a lot of like comparison photos to her past self. And she actually like writes you know, you might think that this comparison should be going the other way, but like I'm comparing how unhappy I was then to how happy I am now. Um, So I think she's really admirable and she's just like a very sunny personality. So would recommend. Yeah. Carrie does a similar thing where she um, compares past photos and she's like, I don't care how my body looked back then because I know how unhappy I was and I know how happy Mm -hmm. I am now. So definitely puts things into perspective. Um, I do have two more YouTube recommendations because, you know, YouTube is my post-grad hobby nowadays. But um, I really like Abby's Kitchen on YouTube. She is a nutritionist who um, very heavily focuses on intuitive eating. And she's kind of where I got my jumping off point to learn more about intuitive eating and how it works. Um, So I definitely recommend checking her out because she can give a bit more, you know, science expert-based information on it since she is a, a nutritionist. Um, and then I love Natasha O. I think it's Oceana is how you pronounce it on YouTube. Um, she has some really great workouts that she has some like 15 and 20 minute like hit workouts that get you sweating, get your body moving, but they're super, super short. So you can kind of fit them in if you're just feeling like, I need to like get some of my energy out, take 15 minutes, do a HIIT workout and you're good to go. And she also does such a great job of framing everything around that like body positivity message and framing those workouts as a way of just like getting your body moving and not necessarily in a way of like how to lose weight and get abs, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely super important. Um, My last recommendation is at BBC Body Positive on Instagram. And I actually think it's like the BBC, like the British Broadcasting Channel or whatever. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like I think it's like the BBC runs it. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's just a weird coincidence, but I think so. Um, and they just post like nice graphics related to body positivity. Like it's kind of like an aesthetic feed to follow. If you can tell, I just like finding like aesthetic feeds for the things that I'm into. Um, so yeah, they're like a very cute feed, very like shareable posts. Um, nice. Nice, fun graphics for your feed. Yeah. And then I would say probably the most important resource and the one that we all have access to is our own body. How do you feel? How Are you feeling tired? Do you have brain fog? Do you feel just right? Like, definitely listen to your gut. Like, you know when you're hungry. You know when you're full. You know what kind of foods you're craving or what sounds good to you, you know, whether you feel like working out, whether you don't feel like working out and things like that. And just learning to honor that I think is so important because once you're doing things because it's what you want to do and not because you feel like you have to do them, it just, it turns a whole corner. I feel like, because no one ever wants to do something that they have to do nine out of 10 times. I can't think of anything in my life that I want to do because I absolutely have to do it. So turning it into something that you want to do and that you enjoy doing, I think can really help 
in your health journey overall. And yeah, and I definitely think that if, you know, things feel off or you just feel like your diet isn't working for you, your exercise isn't working for you, don't be afraid to mention it to your doctor or to, you know, a trusted health care provider the next time you have an appointment because they'll obviously be the experts that will be able to give you more specific advice. Maybe it's going to a nutritionist or th- or if you can, finding like a personal trainer, workout classes or things like that. Kind of seek that expert advice in the areas where you feel like you want to improve. So that's kind of the conclusion for this episode. Uh, we hope you guys liked it. And I know that this is a topic that's super important to be discussed more often, especially for us women. Um, So I'm glad we got to cover it today. Yes, for sure. And remember that you are beautiful and you're worthy in the body that you're in and you don't need to do anything to it if you don't want to. So don't listen to- You tell them. Don't listen to diet culture, okay? It's the freaking worst. As always, follow us on Instagram, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the air. Leave us an anonymous suggestion box comment and we will talk to you guys on next Tuesday. Yes. Bye guys.